Hello, and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This is Christmas Eve. It's the 24th day of Podmas, where we are releasing an episode every day in the lead up to Christmas, which is tomorrow. Oh, and there's some thunder that rolls on the outside as I say this. Today, we have Netflix 292nd film from 2020. This is the Indonesian teen romantic comedy called Love Like the Falling Rain, or Saperti Huan Yang Yathuth Ki Bumi. It's directed by Alasia Forzia and stars Jeffrey Nickel, Aurora Ribeiro, and Axel Matthew Thomas. I'm Jesse, I'm your host here today. An international feature film. We've uh, we've covered off an awful lot of these throughout our journey through Podmas. Um, another Ind- Indonesian film, which is very exciting to see. What's this one going to be like? We will find out very shortly. But I must warn you, I'm going to spoil this film as we go. So if you're keen on checking this one out, give us a pause and come back a little bit later on. We kick off with the fast flicks, where we do a quick little summary of what the film is all about. So this one's about a guy who's obsessed with a girl but she dates everyone in her world except him. <laughs> Hopefully that intrigues you enough uh, if, if you haven't already seen this film. Let's look at how this ended up on Netflix. Um, nothing, nothing much at all. All I can find out about this film is that it's based on a book of the same name by a guy called Boy Kandra. This uh, is the fourth Netflix original film from Indonesia. We've covered all the others on this show, so the others were The Night That Comes For Us from 2018, Guru Guru Go Kill, which was Crazy Awesome Teachers, which we did pretty much at the start of Podmas, as well as um, Whipped or Buchan from 2020, which we also covered only a couple of days ago as well. So um, a lot of Indonesian films that have been picked up at this stage in Netflix's time. Around the world, the titles, I guess the only really thing is that the direct Indonesian translation for this. So the English title is Love Like the Falling Rain. The Indonesian title is Like Rain Falling to Earth. So um, that sort of makes a bit of sense with some of the dialogue towards the end of the film. In America, it had the short title of LLTFR, which was a little bit of an interesting thing, I guess. Uh, This was released on Netflix on the 15th of October, 2020. Worldwide, filmed in and around Jakarta in Indonesia. What are the critics and audiences saying about this film? This film, on Rotten Tomatoes, only has one review. It was rotten, but that's about it. The audience, nothing there from them. On IMDb, it's only had 223 ratings. It sits at a 4.8 out of 10, so on the lower side. Letterboxd, it's only got 380 ratings and has only been logged by 513 people. Sits at 2.7 out of 5. Not many people have seen this film, obviously. Um, or not many people outside of Indonesia. I'm not sure whether, you know, people, you know, obviously the numbers here in the English-speaking language with our social medias and things like that, not much at all. So, what are my early thoughts heading into this film? Um, this film has a lot of good-looking people, but good-looking people do not make a good film. This this is bad. This is so bad. This is awkward bad. This is lame. And it's glossy. Like a photo glossy. This is like a teenager's wet dream. This is a bad movie, unfortunately. So if you want to hear me rant for a bit, hang around. If not, uh, <laughs> come back tomorrow for Christmas Day where hopefully we'll have more fun. We're going to talk about the characters in this film. Uh, Kevin. Kevin is our main guy. He's the, the poor guy who narrates his film pretty much because he's obsessed with his neighbour. Her name's Nara. The first person that he fell in love with She's made him understand love. He is just head over heels for her, but she doesn't realize this. And no matter what he does, he doesn't stand out to her. So he's just sad and depressed because Nara, um, you know, like I said, she sort of sees him more as a best friend of um, 
you know, loves telling him all about all the people that she dates and all the relationships that she has, and he's always a, a shoulder for her to cry on. Um, Nara as a character, she, she likes to dance and eat ice cream and is obviously oblivious to anything Kevin says or does. She's also very self-centered in everything else as well. There, there's nothing really that revolves outside her world and her feelings for whoever her latest love interest is in this film. So both pretty ordinary characters, to be honest. Uh, the other two characters that we sort of see in this film, we've got Juned, um, Ned for short. He's like this rebellious guy, he's a rock climber, he seems like a bit of a, not a nice guy to most people, he rides a motorbike, so he's pretty cool. He's been beat up about love in his past, um, but he slowly lets Nara in, which really upsets um, Kevin, obviously, as well. He's angry, he's moody, he's like a depressed teen, um, and there's not much else to say about him. And then the other character is Tiara, who, they, who um, has a working relationship with Kevin. She sort of likes Kevin, I think, as well. Um, and they have this common interest and in they do environmental work and saving trees and things like that. Um, Nara wants Tiara and Kevin to get together and she pushes that really hard. And, you know, yes, Tiara's a little bit keen on Kevin, but he could, he's nothing but rude and, <laughs> and horrible to, uh, to Tiara, really. Like, even with this group project that they're doing, she's, Tiara's taking the lead. She does all the hard work. She gets the sponsor for them. And he literally ignores her. So, but that's because he's so love-obsessed with uh, Nara, which is a bit sad to see. Uh, the director, Laja Feruzia. Uh, 12 directing credits, all in Indonesian. Not much else to say. Let's talk about the scenes. What are some scenes I liked? What didn't I like? It's not very often that I say it, but there's nothing in this film <laughs> that I can actually highlight as being any good. So... It's rant time. This is me talking about all the things in this film that were no good. Forgettable scenes. So, Kevin, start of the film, riding his bike, and he goes towards Ned, who we see him, you know, highlighting these are rock climbers, climbing um, this rock, and then Kevin sort of sees um, Nara, gets distracted, crashes his bike, makes it out as if he thought Kevin was going to fall off the rock climbing thing or something. The camera angles make it look like that he's like, you know, 10 metres away from him. There was no chance of him hitting anyone or any need to crash. That was just so poor. Uh, Kevin questions... These are just some lines from Kevin that he talks about. But he questions if God sent him to be Nara's best friend. Ugh, horrible. Uh, ice cream. I mentioned before, Nara likes ice cream. They, off, Her and Kevin go to this ice cream parlor a lot. And just in this the, the setup of this ice cream shop, there's like all these inspirational quotes on the wall. Like, happiness starts from here. Ugh, gross, gross, gross. Uh, Kevin, he tells Nara that he doesn't need love as he has her. That's how devoted he is to her. And then this piano music kicks in and they get really close and then she like walks off and she makes some comment as if like, oh, I thought you liked me. I'm confused because this whole film, she acts as if she's got no friggin' idea that he likes her. So to me, that one line from her was completely random and weird in the film. Um, Ned, I mentioned he's moody, so moody. There's one stage he gets home, his mum's worried about him, his sister is, he storms off, slams his bedroom door. The sister goes in after him to sort of talk to him. And then he like takes his shirt off and like getting ready for a shower as if it's like a sexy scene. That is his sister in the room. Oh, <laughs> um, Nara, I mentioned she's a dancer. She has this dance show, the music's so bad. Um, Ned, there's a, there's a moment where he stops outside Nara's dance school. And um, she sort of talks to him and He's like, oh, I'm just waiting here till the rain stops. And then the rain stops, so he goes, oh, it stopped. I'm leaving. <laughs> uh, horrible. Uh, Kevin's line, another one of his lines. If only she knew how it feels to be told to love someone when you love her. Oh, poor guy. Just made me laugh. <laughs> um, Ned and Nara, they're in this coffee shop together. The dialogue is so poor, but the actual technical recording of the audio of the dialogue is even worse. You, you could tell how poorly the scene was done. Just technical eyes. That was horrible. Uh, Kevin and Nara, together at the ice cream shop. 
is, you know, they always go to this ice cream shop. She drops her ice cream at one stage and it's so poorly edited that we get this shot of her like falling and then it like cuts to the ice cream on the floor <laughs> just so the ice cream could be perfectly positioned in its falling position. That was bad. <laughs> um, Nara, she's off on a, on a day trip with Ned. You know, she's taking her to her fav- his favourite places. And I get these sad moments of Kevin riding to her house to pick her up and she's not there. And, and then we get the sad music and then we see him at the ice cream shop where... Um, he usually goes with Nara and he's sitting with um, Tiara and the waiter comes over and goes, oh, where's your girlfriend? <laughs> Just like, oh man, we already get this. Um, the idea that because Kevin and Tiara support the environment, when they get a drink at a restaurant, they say no to straws. <laughs> Getting a straw is bad to the environment. We get that. We don't need that in the dialogue. Uh, Ned in the forest with Nara. Uh, this, this is just a random scene. It's like heading towards the end of the film. It's like, cool, we're going to need to wrap this up. So they put Ned and Nara in the forest. She finds his bird's nest, which is random enough as it is. But then he sort of has this like deep thing where he like questions if she loves him. And she's like, yeah, of course I do. And then he's like, I'm going to go rock climbing. <laughs> so random and laughable. And that sets up the, the final part of the film, which um, is Ned's demise, which was so predictable and ridiculous. We have... Nara just dancing at the waterside. So she starts doing this interpretive dancing and Ned's doing rock climbing. You know he's going to die. Um, <laughs> she does all this dancing and then he falls off the rock cliff and it's all dramatic and she, you know, it's the, her dancing is meant to go with the impact of, of him dying and falling off this cliff. I had to stop it and I watched it in slow motion. I was just seeing just of, of him so many times to get the value out of it of this... Um, <laughs> it was literally like a dummy that they threw off the cliff to make it look like Ned had fallen off the cliff. It looked like one of those crash dummies from the car accidents. I just had, I watched it in slow-mo so many times. Maybe this should have been one of my favorite scenes because watching the ridiculousness of it made me laugh. Um, (laughs) Nara, she grieves over Ned's death and she goes on about, you know, what did I do wrong? Why does everyone leave me? Like, Jesus, come on, this is not about you. This is about a guy that's passed away. This isn't about you. Stop being so self-centered. And then Nara finally, you know, Kevin helps nurse her back to, you know, he feeds her and stuff to make sure that, you know, she's she's resting and, and getting over this trauma of losing her boyfriend. And then she comes back to school and literally Kevin is there with poor Tiana and he's just like, oh, she's back today. See ya, catch her. And he just runs off, off, off to her and heads over to Nara. Oh, poor Tiara. Um, and then we get the final rain dance sequence. Like, I didn't mind um, the, the character of Nara or the, the performance for Nara for the other. The dance here just didn't even seem very good. And the music, the emphatic, emphatic music and the idea that I think that, that was finished off with like, I learned from the rain that the rain is never scared to fall to the earth. So I'm not scared to fall either. Oh, come on. This was bad. <laughs> All right. What's, well, that's the scenes done. What, what, are, what's this, what are some themes or some ideas in this one? Obviously, friendship, love, doing anything for love, um, you know, opening up and giving your heart and doing this sometimes can lead you to hurt. But the idea of not being afraid of being hurt either and, and letting yourself be loved too. And then working out how to let go and make decisions for yourself and your own future and not be so reliant on someone, especially if they're not reliant on you or are reliant on you in a way that doesn't support you either. So a couple of little things I tried to put together for this one. Um, what did I take away from this film? The, the t- so they, they sort of break this film into acts. Like the, and there's titles in Indonesian on the screen that, that break this film into acts. So it's like, you know, the man who secretly fell in love or it's about a broken hearted man. And they had the English, obviously I watched the, the films in Indonesian. So you've got the English subtitles as it goes and obviously the English text to tell us what these titles are. But then after the first two, they didn't bother to translate the actual act titles 
into English. So I had to like, I was so, this is super lazy from Netflix, I'm guessing. I'm guessing, like, I'm sure Netflix are in charge of putting the subtitles on the film for distribution. But I like, I had to pause it and then I type in what the title was into Google Translate to work out what the, the title's for. And, you know, it's like, you know, we're not a collection of, of coincidences and things like that. But it was just like, just added an extra layer to watching a film that you don't get the context unless you got the subtitle, especially with international films. So that's a little rant. Another rant. I've been ranting lots. All right, questions, ponderings. <laughs> what have I got to say about this one? Uh, they do pinky promises in this one. And that's like the only um, thing in this film that didn't translate into Indonesian. The whole film's in Indonesian. And when they do a pinky promise, they say pinky promise. Uh, I don't know. I guess that's a primary school sort of thing, isn't it? You do a pinky promise with like a little kid in your junior school when you're, you're probably like five or six years old, not when you're a teenager, you know, heading towards <laughs> being 18, 19, 20. I thought that was weird. Um, and this was, this was a really hard question for Ned to answer in the film when he's sitting there uh, with Nara at the, the cafe, but she's like, what do you prefer, coffee or rock climbing? And he, he couldn't answer. Um, I don't know. <laughs> That's such a, a big question that sort of revolves around the world so much. What's better, coffee or rock climbing? I, I don't have an answer either, so I'm stumped. So maybe the, the film's got this right. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. This, this has been, I'm going to put it out here now, and I'll put it out again tomorrow uh, on Christmas Day. This has been a big effort, putting together an episode every day throughout December. So I've almost lost the plot uh, once you've got this one for Christmas Eve. It's meant to be a nice night, but it's meant to be enjoying it with family. Instead, I'm putting out an episode on one of the worst films I've seen. Uh, the last thing, the idea that Ned, like Ned's out there rock climbing, and we see that Nara's trying to call him, and we know that he's about to fall off the cliff, and his phone's just vibrating, and he's not answering the call. The idea that he would get phone or cell reception out in the middle of the wilderness where he's doing rock climbing is absolutely ridiculous, <laughs> and it didn't add any dramatic effect to this film. All right, I'm done. I'm done. We give the film a rating out of five. For me, um, what am I going to say for this? I, this is bad. It's bad. I can't recommend anything in it. I can't recommend the film unless you just want to watch good-looking people for a bit over an hour. The, the, the positive of this film, I guess, is that the cast are all good-looking. Both the, the guys and the girls, all good-looking guys and girls. Um, there are so much better types of these films to watch. I'm giving this a one out of five. One out of five for me. We're on socials. We've got Instagram, Facebook, and X, formerly known as Twitter. Question for today. Based on them going to ice cream parlors all the time, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? <sighs> tricky um ice cream's great it depends on the weather i think depending on what sort of ice cream you like i, I love like a good uh, jaffa or choc orange sort of flavor that's that's always a nice flavor choc mint's good too hokey pokey good new zealand flavor that's that's good too but uh what's your favorite ice cream flavor let me know tomorrow it's christmas we've got one more to go that's it then december is over our podmas for 2023 is finished we're finishing off on a high because i have seen this film uh when it came out i'm excited to re-watch this and watch it again this is from 2020, this is a historical legal drama called The Trial of the Chicago 7. This one's directed by Aaron Sorkin, a huge cast. It stars Yahya Abdul-Mantine II, Sasha Baron Cohen, Daniel Flaherty, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Michael Keaton, Frank Langella, John Carroll Lynch, Eddie Redmay, Noah Robbins, Mark Rylance, Alex Sharp, and Jeremy Strong. Together, one more time, one more day, we can do it. Come join me tomorrow, Christmas Day. I hope Santa comes tonight. Hope you're treated with lots of good gifts. Don't forget to leave some uh, some healthy food out for the rangers as well. And I will see you tomorrow.